Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Jones has it. Looks to his right. Throws it to the right. Got it. Touchdown. He's got it. Patriots. There he is. Mike Kosicki off the side of a milk carton. Catching the game winner. Buffalo falls to New England 29-25 in a disastrous game here at Gillette Stadium. It's not enough. Uh, we didn't do enough. Um, you know, we didn't put him in position enough and um, didn't play complimentary football. We knew where the answers were. We wouldn't be in this position. I mean, we just got to find a way to get a stop. The biggest thing is missed tackles and uh, execution. You know, Vaughn took six snaps yesterday. I've been punched in the mouth before. You know, our season's not over. Long season. You know, it feels pretty bleak right now, but we're going to figure it out. Mike Danger. Blame Assessment Monday. Gene Battaglia. Who do we blame? Do we blame Josh? Sean McDermott did not have his team ready to go. Good thing we have a, uh, have a Thursday night game coming up, short week. We're able to, uh, to flush this, learn from it. Just got to move on pretty quickly. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. I try to be optimistic. And maybe I don't see the sky is falling as much as a lot of Bills fans do after that loss yesterday. One bright spot. We'll go ahead and, and dub this player our fan Rochester man on a mission. Talking about Dalton Kincaid, who had his best day as a pro. The rookie caught eight passes for 75 yards, helped move the chains, did a good job getting open, getting some yardage after the catch, not letting the ball hit the turf. Dalton Kincaid, our man on a mission, brought to you by the Open Door Mission. Go to opendoormission.com to see how you can guarantee a win for someone today. I I remember to turn on my microphone. Okay, so I do believe, though, talking there, uh, and you hear the sound bites from Sean McDermott, and he said it in the sports update. He said it in the open that Dan Durami put together. Complimentary football. Complimentary football is meant for teams that have a average to below average quarterback. Honest to God. I think what's happening here, Danger, is you, people are going to blame Dorsey, but talking to Dan Fates, you have Josh Allen. You're not taking shots down the field. It's, wow, we had that nine-minute drive against the Giants. That's that's McDermott's dream. You know, keep the drive going and sure. just dink and dunk and dink and dunk. I do see them taking shots down the field. I just don't see them completing those shots down the field. The, the Diggs got behind the secondary. You complete that pass. He's, you know, a step or two behind that pass, and, and that's a different ball game, right? Like, I think with Josh Allen and with this offense, specifically inside of Josh Allen's head, and then I just got the, a couple of texts on the secret text Stoso line. I mean, everybody in my neighborhood's listening today, Gino. Oh. I don't really care if all of Rochester's listening. As long as the Goombas in my neighborhood have us tuned on, I feel pretty good about myself. I can sleep easy at night. Yeah. Uh, spot on about Josh Allen. They have, they have neutered him, throttled him, and messed with his mental state. Too many flags, drops, and missed tackles, but let the wild horse do what he does best. Best analysis yet. Uh, Biscotti, Nikki Signs. Oh, this is in reaction to what you said, uh, the breaking news that we had while no. we were talking to Fates. The Eagles can do this, but the Bills can't. That's why the Eagles rock. The Eagles will be in the Super Bowl again, right? Like they make a move. Kevin Baird gets traded. You need some help in your secondary. You make a, a deal. What are you giving up? A couple of late round draft picks. Okay. So what is it? What is the the reasoning for for? It's always been next man up. Next man up. Next, well, next man up ain't quite cutting it. And we saw that on the defensive line yesterday. Where was the pass rush with no Ed Oliver in there? 
Next, no. next man up. Next, no. This no. is uh, this is actually. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. All right, and you're saying, oh, it's not doom and gloom. This doesn't paint a good picture. Uh, this is uh, a writer for Warren Sharp. Rich Reiber is his name. Oh yeah, Lord okay. Reeves. Yeah. So <laughs> since. Tredavious White, Matt Milano, and Daquan Jones haven't been in the lineup. So what, what would that be? Midway through the Jacksonville game, White was obviously earlier. But without Milano and Jones and White, 209 snaps. Okay. So basically two and a half games. How do the Bills rank defensively in the last two and a half games? Well, in terms of yards per play, they're allowing 5.6. It's 24th in the league. The QB rating, 103.9. That's 30th. You played against Tyrod and Mac Jones in the last two games. You have allowed the third worst QB rating in the league. The defensive success rate, 52.2%. And then your third down conversion rate, dead last in the league the last two and a half games. So we can say Josh Allen, everything. This team right now is broken. It really is. Maybe all you need is, hey, get back out there on Thursday night. That might be the, the cure. Sure. Um, but the defense didn't step up. I mean, they did step up when you needed them to. The Poyer punch was fantastic. You had no business. You know, like that was a gift. That was a gift from the football gods. Poyer doing what he did was fantastic. And, and still yet not enough. You needed more at the very end and you weren't able to get it. Again, the slow start, um, too many penalties, a lack of energy at the start of the game little details that keep falling through the cracks. And when we talk about little details, I mean, think about the the worst loss of the McDermott era, 13 seconds is all about details. Everything about that loss were the little details that fell through the cracks. And it's a hallmark of this team. The, the Sean McDermott era, Buffalo bills. He will always be known as a guy who could take a bottom five team and find his way into the wild card and take a top five team and find his way out of the wild card. That's Sean McDermott, and it's because of those little details. That's those stats, defensive stats. If if we're going to continue to to ride this wave of next man up, and those stats are showing that no, we're we're going to need more than next man up at this point. That's not going to fly. No, it's it's Jones and Milano, and not having Ed Oliver yesterday. And I know, uh, Danger, you you brought up the theory, and I I. Thought there was something to it that maybe the Bills were exercising some load management. No, the, the time is up for that. If that if if you really thought that, hey, you know, Ed could go, but we're going to hold him out. If he's back out there on Thursday night, then you know that there was, this was some load management stuff going on. Now, speaking of injuries, uh, Von Miller played what are they six snaps? I want to say yesterday six. Um, talked afterwards about his where he's at physically I'm, I'm feeling good you know you just got to keep on playing I didn't have a I didn't have a training camp or you know the six weeks that you have to, to get ready it was just like boom I've had three padded practices you know and of course I want to go out there and I want to you know rack up seven eight sacks every single game you know? but you know those days to come you know I, I just gotta keep that belief which I have you know I'm, I'm confident in myself confident in my ability and you know, I'm confident because each and every week, each and every practice, I get better and better and better. If, if that wasn't happening for me, it would be a different story, but it is. So I just got to keep on working and, you know, know that the best is yet to come. I just got to keep going. Uh, courtesy WROC on that. So uh, I do we want to give Von Miller a few weeks off here? Because what are we doing? Why are we even doing this? If you weren't out there on the last drive danger, when you needed him most to make a play, Yeah, I'm kind of stunned. I, I I didn't know that Ed Oliver was the be-all, end-all key, and apparently Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones is what makes them an unstoppable recipe. You're just not getting, you're not getting what you want out of next man up. And Sean McDermott's not afraid to pull the trigger. He did it on Dorian Williams again yesterday. That wasn't an injury. That was, that was Dorian a, Williams that was not the being where decision. he needed to be. Yeah. The coach saying, I trust Dodson to be where he needs to be. And yet, at the very end, it was... That defense, that Sean McDermott defense, giving up uh, the long drive, the 75-yard drive with just under two minutes to go to Mac freaking Jones. <laughs> and you say this isn't bad? I No, I, I'm saying, I, I kind of fall in line with what Jordan Poyer was saying earlier, 
the idea that it is a long season. And I kind of thought that this would be the Bills season, that that they were a 10-win team going into this season, that it's not going to be a runaway. It's not going to be them winning the division by two games. It's not going to be... They're going to be competing probably with Miami. It's just... it's What, what hurts the most is that Miami... Yeah, they lost. You could have been in first place right now. We could be talking about the first place Buffalo Bills if all you did, even in ugly fashion, was beat New England. We'd be saying, yeah, it wasn't pretty, but we're the best in the division. We're the best that we got going right now. We're in first place, and Miami is certainly vulnerable. Well, we'll see how Thursday night looks. It's a short week for the Buffalo Bills. We're abbreviated on Thursday. We're only going to be on uh, from 3 until 4, your pregame to the pregame. 4 o'clock, our pregame coverage on Thursday as the Bills host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Thursday night football coming up on prime uh, Thursday night. Oh, Al Michaels will be, uh, what kind of mood will Al be in Thursday night? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have yeah. that game for you here as well on the fan Rochester. Uh, you can always call us at eight, six, six, four fan, eight, six, six, four, three, two, six, Justin and Rhonda Coy checking in. Hey, Justin. How you doing guys? Appreciate you. A long time listener. Uh, sometime caller. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. I uh, I just wanted to say I agreed. With, I'm not sure who said it uh, uh, about the little details in the McDermott era and taking a a top five team and getting out of the wild card and a bottom five team and taking them through the wild card. Yeah. I think that's I think that's spot on. And I don't know why we don't we haven't been talking about that more often, especially after 13 seconds. I mean, it was pretty clear with everything that we've kind of found out afterwards that that was pretty much all on McDermott. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm grateful. I'll be forever grateful for him for turning the team around, but I, I'm in it for Super Bowls. I don't know about everybody else. Yeah, it's uh, thank you very much, uh, Justin. Appreciate the call. And wasn't that the knock on Andy Reid in Philadelphia too? details? It's exactly the knock on yeah. Philadelphia. He's, he's our Andy Reid. And eventually, you know, McDermott will just go up for his press conference and start, start time's yours and just leave it at that and let, and, you know, maybe, maybe at some point, He'll do what Andy was doing while he was in Philadelphia, saying it starts with me. Which he did not do after 13 seconds. I don't know that he's ever done. No, like 13 seconds, that's what you wanted to hear. And it was anything but. It was execution. It wasn't. I'm like, wow. I feel like it starts with me is almost like the exasperated move, right? Like that's when you don't have, you're tired of answering the questions. You don't have the answers. You're kind of frustrated with your lot in life. And you're just going to say, yeah, it starts with me. It starts with me as almost like code for, I can't do anything else with what I've got. And that, that message wore thin at the end of his time in Philadelphia. It did. And even though he had, you know, brought his team to the Super Bowl and he did get them to all those NFC championship games, it wore thin. He had a lot more talent on his team than this Bills team has right now. The Bills have a really good quarterback. They have a really, really good wide receiver. The offensive line had their worst game of the season against the Patriots when they should have had their best. The defensive line, the pass rush was invisible. Um, and the details. Your kicker missed a field goal. That, again, yes. Yeah. Uh, and the details, believe me, Justin, we... We don't have to go back and revisit the 13 seconds conversation. We had, we had plenty of conversations about the details that fell through the cracks for 13 seconds. No, but when Maggie Gray came on the show last week and when she said, and she's a Bills fan, her husband's from Rochester. She grew up knowing the culture here, just saying out loud the things that we, we just were frightened to say out loud that that was, was that the best look for this team at a championship? Now, positive me is going to say yes, and that team was in a terrible funk. Win game, Colts running all over the place on you, embarrassing loss at Tampa in the first half where you didn't run the ball once. I mean, there were some really bad losses down the stretch, but somehow turned it around. Um, I'm not so sure that's the case now. This is defensive coordinator Sean McDermott. Just, just putting putting the clamps on this offense right now. I want to see them open it up a little bit more. I want to see Josh Allen run a little bit more. We'll get the thoughts of Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com. He's going to join us here in about 10, 15 minutes or so. Before we get to Ryan, some takes on tap with I'll drink to that. So we're one more loss from the Buffalo Bills falling into the farting around category. Ah, so if you're new to the show, what farting around is, it's the graphic that says in the hunt. In the hunt, nobody talks that way. That's, no. What, no. are you, what are you doing? Oh, you're in the hunt. No, you're farting around. Yeah, cool. yeah like hey, quit, 
quit farting around. Yeah. But yeah. We, we can't say that because it's a little crash on television here in the sports bar. We, we can talk a like that. So, like, right now, the Bills, where are they? They're in seventh. They would have the last wild card if it all started today. They're officially farting around. Yeah, they are. And, and who would be the one in the NFC danger? Do you know? I do know. I had to look it up. And I'm like, oh. It's this week's opponent, Tampa Bay. Look at that. Yeah, Tampa Bay, seventh. They're not farting around. A couple of seven Uh, seeds just going out on Thursday night and farting around on the field. In fact, uh, in the NFC, there's maybe a couple teams that are either in the playoffs or not farting around. So the the way the NFL wants it, danger, so many teams in it. Um, That means less sellers at the trade deadline, the way I see it. Although apparently Tennessee is ready to sell here. Well, Kevin Baird goes to the Eagles, uh, a couple of late round picks, and you know that's the Eagles. I mean, that's Howie Roseman. That he's probably the best GM in the NFL. <laughs> After the Eagles fleece Tennessee for AJ Brown, oh, go yeah, back like, to the well. Go back to the well. God, AJ Brown looks good. That's a good football player, man. Every time I see him, I'm like, God, he is special. That guy is just a beast, and they let him go. They let him go. Because you didn't want to pay. Oh, oh God, that's got a sting if you're a Titan fan. That's terrible. He's so good. Um, all right. If you uh, are new to the show, if you're just discovering us, I'm Danger. That's Bataglia. And you may not know this about me, but from time to time, I can be a bit cynical. Define a bit. Sarcastic sometimes, but here's, here's the latest conspiracy theory. And it's been rattling around in my brain ever since we saw him throwing a football pregame against the chiefs. I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks ago. You saw it. I saw it. Gene, were you like me? Were you like, how, how is he out there throwing? Didn't he just have surgery to repair his Achilles tendon? Where's the boot? Where, where are the crutches? No ill effects at all. I mean, he's not running around out there. He's not in, you know, football shape or whatever. But here's my my conspiracy theory. I don't believe Aaron Rodgers actually tore his Achilles. Injured his Achilles? Yes. Tore it and had it surgically repaired? I don't think so. That's where I'm drawing the line. Why would I make such an insinuation, you might ask? Well, it fits the profile. Rodgers was all about semantics when it came to his vaccination status. Remember that during the pandemic? He's a liar and he's an attention whore and he's recovering from a repair. That's always been something that's taken athletes close to a full year to recover from. And I don't care how hard he says he's rehabbing after surgery. I don't believe him when he says he had surgery. Nothing like Rogers, by the way, being able to shut guys like me up, returning at season's end, all that would confirm to me is what I suspect. He didn't tear his Achilles in week one. Well, I'm reading right from the NFL, okay, NFL.com, and this is just a few days after that it was uh, Dr. Neil Elitatre, and, and basically he did this bridge perform, you know, procedure that was relatively new and will give Aaron Rodgers a chance. What is the source on this? Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, that's the source? <laughs> that's the source. Oh, who's, who's, it wasn't the doctor talking or anything like so that. So the doctor didn't come out and... Hi, no. everybody. Hi, Hi, Dr. Nick. So it's just Rodgers <laughs> talking about his doctor. Odyssey has... It's just Rogers talking about his doctor and... and, and <laughs> That's it? That's the source? <laughs> yeah, that's it. The, the the speed bridge, okay? This is an internal brace, and according to Rodgers, it was a torn left Achilles, and it's right there. And you read the article on NFL.com, okay, it was a torn left Achilles, uh, a possible earlier return. Wait, according to who? Aaron Rodgers. Dr. Aaron Rodgers. We can all learn a lot from See? Yeah. He's going to do something that has never been done before, just so he can say... I've done something that's never been done before. I have returned from a torn Achilles in less than a season. I'm back just in time for the end of the season. He didn't tear his Achilles. He injured his Achilles, I'm sure. But did he have the surgery? No. I I don't believe it. I don't believe he had. I don't believe he did. And I think Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, given his history, I think we're allowed to be, um, we're allowed to speculate. We're allowed to wonder, did he really do it? Did he really have a procedure? He might have had a procedure. 
did he have a procedure to repair a torn Achilles? You could say, I had a procedure, and it was revolutionary and groundbreaking. Okay, all of that is fine, but you're also the guy that said, yeah, I've, I've, I've been vaccinated. Right? Wasn't that his word? No, I've been immunized. I was immunized. immunized. Yeah, I'm immunized. Yeah. Well, liar! So, I'm going to go ahead and continue to believe as people, as we get to the closer to the end of the season, people say, is Aaron Rodgers coming back? Is Aaron Because it's only going to get louder and louder just the way he wants it. I'm going to continue to believe he never tore his Achilles, Gene. He injured it. He probably could have been back in a couple of weeks. He'll be back at the end of the season under this veil of He's, he's got superhuman strength because he came back from Achilles. Well, kind of feeding into this. And people are like, oh, isn't that nice? There was a game where the Jets, it was a prime time game too, like where, oh my gosh, look who's on the field warming up and throwing passes before the game. Okay, you can do that at the Jets training facility. That was before the Chiefs game. Yeah, you can do that on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, any day. But it's you had soon, to pick right yeah. when you're warming up and yeah. everybody, all the meeting be like, oh, there he is. Yeah. Look at him throwing. That is thirst. That is the attention whore part of Aaron Rodgers. But the liar part in, of Aaron Rodgers is he's not going to tell us that he actually didn't tear his Achilles. And he'll come back and everybody will marvel. It's, he's done something nobody has ever. It's because he didn't do it. He didn't really tear his Achilles. That's 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 the conspiracy theory I'm working on. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, the doctor didn't speak to anybody directly. Again, we're just going off of Aaron Rodgers <laughs> and, and Aaron Rodgers' doctor too. By the way, hi everybody. Hi, Doctor Nick. Likely. <laughs> Don't know why Doctor Nick makes me look the best. <laughs> Um, here's more proof that the Patriot way is dead. Gene, what are you talking about? They won yesterday. Okay, hear me out. Trash talking. Have you ever heard that come out of the Patriot locker room ever? Patriot corner Jack Jones on digs. Quote, how many yards did he get? Yeah, he wasn't a problem for us. Ooh. Uh, nice tackling on that yeah, to touchdown, by the way. By the way, yeah. Six of 12 targets Diggs uh, brought in. 58 yards and a touchdown. Um, Diggs did not talk to reporters after. And Danger, look, as much as I want to hear Stephon Diggs and his thoughts on the offense and everything that's going on right now, I think Stephon Diggs, because he can't hold back, you know, he's going to let you know exactly what's going on. I think he's self-aware enough to know anything he says right now is going to become a headline. So while some may be, oh, you need to talk to reporters, dude, you got to sometimes step away. He almost had that catch at the end of the game. Like, I didn't realize how close he was to making that catch at the end of the game would have been magnificent. Couldn't believe it when I saw him. Like, oh my God. Like, that was, he's mad because he didn't make more plays more than anything. I mean, like, that play would have been massive. There's a handful of plays that I just think, if you look at Diggs, if you look at a handful, Dawson Knox, certainly. Just these little plays, these little details, not being able to, to squeeze it. And, and bring it in, you know, not not being able to hold on to the ball while, you, while you're taking contact. If you're Dawson Knox, they matter. They absolutely matter. And if you're Diggs, you're a guy that, that wears that emotion on your sleeve. You take that personally. And you're probably right. He's probably not going to want to say something that becomes a headline. So he's just going to walk away. There's There are some players in the NFL today that are making headlines for some of their post-game comments and inventing their frustrations. And I don't think you want any of your Buffalo Bills to be any of those guys. No. So at least that, I'm, I'm saying that's a positive dig. Just kind of walking away yesterday because, gosh, I think he would have a lot to say. Tom in Rochester. Hey, Tom, what's going on? Hey, guys. Love the show. Uh, look, at, I, I've called before several times and my concern has always been about the coaching, and let me give you my, my feelings. I, you know, the Bills consistently play down the competition. Um, here they are facing a team that talent-wise, and I know it's the NFL. Those are professionals on the other side of the line of scrimmage, okay? But really, you can't go through that Patriot team and go, oh, that guy's so much better than any Bills player. In fact, it's the opposite, right? And yet... I'm watching the game, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what are the adjustments going to be in the second half? And I, and I felt like I was watching a team just knocking its head against the wall and not making any adjustments, no sprint outs by Allen to, to move the pocket. It was almost like that rush came up the middle, and they didn't do anything about it. Uh, and and I've, my concern has always been that you, you've had elite talent on the Bills, and I don't know if you've got a coach and assistant coaches that are up 
for taking this team to the next level. That's my concern. Tom, define elite talent, because when I think of elite talent in the NFL, I think of guys like I was just talking about and gushing over A.J. Brown. That's an elite talent. I think Steph Diggs is an elite talent. I think Josh Allen has the potential to be an elite talent. Who else qualifies on this Bills team, in your opinion, as elite talent? Now, um, I could see Kincaid running into a better than. No, average. right now, right now, is he elite? Uh-oh. He is not, right? Like he is no, not, elite. not elite. Knox, Knox gets paid very well. He is certainly not elite. Three catches a game. I mean, not elite. No, Von Miller. No, no. He's, no he's, longer he's, elite. No longer elite. Yeah. No, he's totally disappointing. But 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 guys, though, if you were to go around the league, and maybe maybe I, I was going to say uh, I was thinking more elite talent in the past, but nonetheless. Are, are we not sure that this team, with proper coaching, could make a good playoff run and, if things break right, see themselves in an AFC championship game? Is that beyond the pale? I don't think so. And right now they're teetering on the edge to a very, a very questionable season. And, and I, just keep, I just, again, I'm not saying you can't get tough competition on the road against a divisional rival. I'm not saying that at all. But I'd like to know, what were the adjustments anyone saw in the second half? I, I didn't see any adjustments. I, I saw a team trying to do the same thing that really didn't work out so well. Well, I mean, look, there were there were you know, we talked about it earlier. Like Dorian Williams got pulled; <laughs> he didn't really make an appearance in the second half. Like McDermott tried to make some adjustments, but, but on that side of the ball, on that side yeah. of the ball, on on the offensive side of the ball, I think there are concerns. I don't. I mean, look. It's ultimately it all falls on Sean McDermott, and and we talk about these guys being coached up. Are they being coached up? Like I think they're almost being coached too much to the point where it's affecting their head. You're not letting talented players play, and when you bring up Tom, when you bring up the point of you know elite talent, this is a team with elite talent. I don't think it's a team with elite talent. I think it's a team with talent that's been coached up and believes that they could be elite in this league. You have. An elite quarterback. I'm going to say Josh Allen is elite. Sure. He's not playing elite here at that level. I think we can recognize that in Diggs. But that's another point that a little cold water, a little cold shower there. Like, oh, who else is elite right, right you now? You had, at one point, an elite defensive backfield. Poyer and Hyde in their prime were were elite. I, They're not there anymore. I said Matt Milano. Matt Milano, elite. He's gone. He's so, no pro. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, appreciate the call, Tom. We got to take a break. Uh, we got Ryan Talbot standing by NewYorkUpstate.com. We'll continue our Bills conversation and continue to unpack on a blame assessment Monday here in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Bill's back at work tomorrow. It's a short week. Getting ready for Tampa Bay coming up on Thursday night. Dawson Knox ready to turn the page. 
we knew what the answers were, we wouldn't be in this position. So we're just going to get the film. Again, it's a short week. Um, just got to move on pretty quickly. Um, anytime you got a tough game like that, being able to move forward quickly, being able to get that taste out of your mouth, um, it's always a good thing. So we're definitely going to be looking forward to getting on the field Thursday night. We'll talk to Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, coming up next year in the Sports Bar. Tonight, it's the 49ers and Vikings on Monday Night Football. We've got Sabres hockey tonight here on the Sports Leader. Montreal coming to town, 7 o'clock for the coverage. Game 6, Arizona and Philadelphia. Phillies can advance to the World Series with a win. That starts a little after 5. Game 7 tonight between the Astros and the Rangers. Gene Bataglin, the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. At the end of the day, injuries or not, we had an opportunity to win the game at the end, and, and we just needed to stop. It was total collective, um, I guess, failure by the defense of just not, uh, not getting the ball back or not stopping them. So I don't, I'm not going to... You know, like you just said, I'm not gonna make excuse for the injuries and none of that. Uh, this is the life of the of NFL player. You gotta go out there. You gotta compete each, each and every week, um, whether you know, whether injuries or not. So, um, like I said, I'm happy we have a Thursday night game going up. Micah Hyde, post game uh, there at the Bills, uh, dropping one in New England to the uh, Patriots. Both he and, and Jordan Poirier, the veteran guys in the room, neither of them really feel like there's. Uh, a, a big sense of urgency to, to get things turned around. Like, let's just get get back on the field Thursday and, and let that take care of itself. Yes. Danger, if you are taking it from the standpoint, if you're not number one uh, in the seeding, as long as you're in, and all these teams in the FC are going to be, I, we're, we're starting to look at that sort of stuff right now. But I, I would respectfully, it, it's fine to say, hey, we've got this. Everything is fine. You want to be that calming influence. I, I I tend to think that this is urgent. Ryan is it, Talbot, yeah. yeah, Ryan, is it time to panic? Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, joining us now in the sports bar. Is it time to panic if you're a Bills fan or if you're the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, you're sitting at four and three after a loss to a, a team that was just absolutely embarrassed the past three weeks and uh, outscored something like ninety to to ninety three to twenty the past three weeks against the likes of the Cowboys, Saints, and Raiders. Listen, the Cowboys are a good team, but the Saints and Raiders are not. And the fact that, you know, this Patriots team uh, couldn't do anything against them and show up and score the way they do, the way the Bills offense for the third straight game uh, can't get things going in the first half, I think it's absolutely okay to say you want to hit the panic button. This team's at three losses. They had three losses the entire season last year. Yeah, Ryan, um, the executive producer, that's what we call my wife, you know, and she had the take yesterday, like, well, who gets the blame for this one yesterday? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I... When it was yesterday, like, there is plenty of blame to go around, but if there was, like, one thing, Ryan, that you thought, oh, my gosh, this I did not expect coming yesterday, what would that have been? Man, oh, man, there's more than one, that's for sure. But the, the biggest thing to me was how bad the offensive line played. And I thought Josh Allen was running for his life all game. Uh, this was the first real dud from this offensive line. And, listen, like I said, there, there's about 10, 15 other things I could point the finger at. Uh, Josh Allen wasn't sharp either, but again, I think a lot of that had to do with running around the way that he was. This defense is just riddled with injuries and their lack of depth is showing. But I look back at that game and this was the first one where I said, oh man, Osiris Torrance really looks like a rookie out there. Uh, Mitch Morris is really getting uh, pushed around, you know, up front and you can only rely on your athleticism so long in this league. He's starting to get a little long in the tooth. Uh, I I thought that Deion Dawkins had a bad game. So it, to me, the offensive line was the most alarming thing. It felt like someone was getting through every time. It felt like Allen was running for his life a lot, eluding a lot of would-be sacks and tackles uh, and keeping plays alive, but just not executing at the end of the day. Yeah, Ryan, I always say that whenever you have so much blame to go around, ultimately the person who gets the most blame should be the head coach because it all falls under their umbrella. And with Josh Allen, you mentioned him running for his life. And in, in the past, when we've seen Josh Allen run for his life, he's been able to turn nothing into something. But this season feels different. We don't see Josh talking and running, and we know what kind of an emphasis was placed on him and, and just preserving him and, and, and you know making sure that he can make it through a season injury-free and have a long and fruitful career, as, you want, as any team would want for their franchise quarterback. However, 
Is there a happy medium that's just been missed here that, that Josh Allen, it's so in his head not to run that he's just not taking those opportunities when they do present themselves to make those big plays that we're accustomed to seeing him make with his legs? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, the Bills have a Ferrari at quarterback and they're driving him like he's a Prius. Uh, this is someone that needs to be utilized in the run game. Defenses are not fearing Josh Allen as a rusher right now. And, and that was one big part to this offense where, hey, we need to keep a spy back, uh, keep someone on him, not bring that additional heat, because he would take off and run. He would pick up those yards. I've seen so many games now where he's had open field in front of him, and he's just hesitating to do it. And I don't know if it's something they're coaching out of him, something they really talked to him a lot about this year. Uh, but whatever it is, they need to kind of snap it out of him and say, if there's green grass in front of you on these big must-have-it moments, uh, use your legs, use your feet, use that athleticism. And, you know, this is a bad example because he he delivered a catchable pass to Dawson Knox in fourth and two, but I thought Allen could have run for the first down on that play as well uh, to keep that drive alive. There was green grass in front of him, and again, he just kind of opted to throw it. Um, he, you know, I, I get wanting to keep him as a pocket passer, preserve him, keep him healthy. But this is part of his game. It's been a big part of his game and what's made him so dangerous. Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, our guest here in the sports bar. Ryan, you know, we're all watching this, right? And, oh, gosh, the Bills pulled this out. Okay, they go ahead. Oh, they got the two. And at that point, I'm thinking, well, what's the worst-case scenario? We're going to go to overtime. Uh, the Patriots will kick a field goal and go to overtime. And never did it cross my mind that Mac Jones would engineer a game-winning drive and the Buffalo Bills defense wouldn't be able to come up with a stop. So, I, on that drive, there really wasn't any pass rush um, to, to begin with. So I guess we're going to kind of start there here. What are you seeing right now out of this defensive line with no Ed Oliver? And and certainly when Von Miller was out there, I, I didn't, didn't make an impression on me. Yeah, you know, Von Miller played less than, uh, you know, 10 snaps yesterday for whatever reason. He had been going for about 20, and I get that he's coming back uh, from a serious injury. But if you're limiting his snaps in the first half the way that they did, in that last drive, I don't know why you're not getting him out there. They're not going to be running the ball. Uh, one thing Von Miller said postgame is, well, you know, they were running the ball with some success. Shaq Lawson's really a really good run defender. You're not going to run the ball a lot on that final drive, uh, especially when where they started out and they get this screen pass, from multiple missed tackles. But this is someone that you want to have out there. The, the D-line was just completely ineffective yesterday. And this is about the first time that I can say that this year. So just like the O-line, I don't want to panic or, or worry too much just yet, but you know, you look at the interior without Ed Oliver, they could not get any kind of push whatsoever. Uh, Leonard Floyd, you know, he still made a few plays here and there. AJ Epines was really close to a strip sack, but they didn't get home. And against Mac Jones, one of the least mobile quarterbacks in this league, uh, it's it's pretty telling that the Bills only could end up and muster one sack by Jordan Poyer in that game where they had to send extra heat. And, and in terms of the no pressure. It just made life so easy on Mac Jones. I mean, he had one or two really good throws yesterday, but a lot of it just felt like he was playing pitch and catch out in the backyard. Ryan, you're not going to replace Matt Milano, uh, but Dorian Williams, I think, was drafted to be you know some of that depth, some of that next man up mentality that you want there at linebacker. Uh, what did you see out of his play in the first half that was enough to get Sean McDermott to yank him in favor of Tyrell Dotson in the second half? Yeah, he, he missed some plays. He was out of position a few times. But, I mean, these are the growing pains that you kind of have to live with when when you lose an all-pro player like Matt Milan and you don't have uh, a younger veteran or a younger player other than uh, Dorian Williams with that upside to get in there. I like Tyrell Dotson. I think he's a really good special teams player. I've seen enough of him on this defense uh, to know that he is not a difference maker. He is not going to... Uh, you know, make those game-winning plays, those must-have plays. And while Dorian Williams is going to have those rookie moments where he looks a little lost out there and he's out of position at times, I would rather lean on that athleticism and, and see him fly around to the ball. That first drive, he was involved in just about every play, it felt like, for better or worse. So, Ryan, uh, eight days from today, we're going to have uh, the NFL uh, trade deadline, and uh, you know, we're going to have moves in between now and then and here's philadelphia picking up baird from tennessee who i don't even know was on the market so apparently tennessee might be sellers here so you're just just your thoughts on philadelphia kind of getting stronger and uh yeah like what positions would you be shopping for if you're brandon bean at this point yeah well well first of all you know it feels like the league needs to stop letting tennessee trade with with ah, the eagles right. first and foremost just giving up aj brown for peanuts 
Kevin Byard for one of the Edmonds brothers and a fifth and a sixth round pick. I mean, those look those that's that buddy that sends you those awful trade offers in fantasy football, but the other team actually accepts it. Uh, it just you know good for the Eagles though. They're out there. They're they're trying to get uh, better. You know across the board. If I'm the Bills, I, I'm looking at multiple positions. If Tennessee really is a seller, well, put DeAndre Hopkins watch back on. He's owed what 1.1 million. Uh, for the rest of the year, maybe even less than that now, based on where we are in the season. Uh, he's someone that the Bills were supp- supposedly interested in. We've seen Gabe Davis kind of no-show, have some issues with drops. Uh, no one really step up opposite uh, Stefan Diggs. I-, I think that Hopkins has played pretty well in the few Titans games that I've watched this year. There's still some juice there. Uh, I look at the Carolina Panthers, who are winless on the season. I love uh, Dante J- Jackson, excuse me, uh, the cornerback that was a pre-draft visitor for the Bills back in 2018, really good in his own defense. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know how much it matters in, in terms of improving the cornerback room if you're going to give so much space like they have been the, the past few weeks. Uh, that 10-yard cushion, those big cushions were were there yesterday, and again, it made it so easy for Mac Jones. I'm not sure any cornerback is going to be able to do much if you're giving that much cushion. So those are two areas that I would look at. Uh, I'm looking at one tech. Obviously, with Daquan Jones out, uh, I don't have much faith in the depth options that they have here based on yesterday's game, which is concerning because they, you know, they went out and they added Puna Ford. Uh, they added Tim Settle a few years ago. They they liked Jordan Phillips, so that interior D line just as a whole really struggled. So you know, maybe you see who's out there. Uh, I mentioned Harrison Phillips in Minnesota. That's a team that's kind of struggling and, and looking like they're having a down year. He knows the system could come in and fill in until Daquan Jones is back. Now, if you want to go free agent route, bring in Dominican Sue. I mean, uh, older veteran, but he can kind of fill that role until Daquan Jones is back. And I thought he actually played well at times with the Eagles last year. I'm going to try and, and give a little bit of a bright spot for, from yesterday because I, I don't think it was all bad. I mean, it was bad. But Dalton Kincaid had his best day as a pro. And Ryan, you, me, everybody that that watches and follows and and covers this team had a take on Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Here we go. Another tight end. Oh, he's not a tight end. He can line up in the slot. He's a pass catcher. He can do all the things that Cole Beasley used to do. Well, up till yesterday, we didn't really see this offense use Dalton Kincaid the way he was being used in Utah. And even yesterday, it's not like he was going 10, 12 yards downfield. Not that Josh Allen had the time to get him the ball, but... Eight passes caught, 75 yards. Talk a little bit about Dalton Kincaid, and is this the scratching of the surface when it comes to what the rookie can bring to this uh, to this team? Yeah, absolutely just scratching the surface because, like you said, he's not even running the downfield routes right now, but he's winning off the line, and that's huge. When the Bills needed to move the chains yesterday, Kincaid was being looked at just as much, it felt like, as Stephon Diggs. I know Diggs ended up with uh, four more targets in the game, but Kincaid was just moving the chains. You know that he had the sure hands all, you know, all eight targets were caught yesterday for those 75 yards. He was picking up yards after the catch, uh, securing the ball, moving, keeping his legs moving. That's what you want to see. And, you know, the, the Bills have been very big into the 12 personnel, getting the two tight ends on the field. Uh, if the Bills decide to go away from that to try to get Deontay Hardy more looks, uh, get someone that can stretch the field or whatever they may end up doing, and, you know, I'm all in favor of getting Kincaid on the field as the one tight end in those sets. Dawson Knox continues to have those baffling drops, those bad drops in the worst possible moments. Kincaid, this is exactly what you wanted to see, someone that could come in and get involved uh, when called upon. And, and he definitely w- was one of the t- bright spots. I thought James Cook was a bright spot on offense uh, as a runner, but more so even as a pass catcher looking to part there. And then I thought Jordan Poyer was one more bright spot. I thought he had his best uh, day as a bill this year in terms of the way that he played. Ryan Talbot, New York upstate.com, our guest here now uh, coming in and it's Tampa Bay. And it's kind of curious if you look at the standings here, all right? So the bills are the uh, seventh team. So they'd be the last one in right now, uh, Ryan in the FC. And then over in the NFC, last team in seventh, it's actually this week's opponent, Tampa Bay. What do we make of the Buccaneers? Cause at the beginning of the year, Thinking, okay, this is a team that's tanking here, obviously, but they do have Todd Bowles. They do have some skilled players. How scary is an opponent uh, is this for Buffalo this week? Well, you know, I've watched a few games, and there there is some legitimate chemistry between Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. And looking at this Bills secondary, I'm going to target him as much as I possibly can. Chris Godwin's a good player. They have talent. They've been very up and down. There's no denying that. 
uh, this year. And, and Baker Mayfield certainly has his limitations, but this was a matchup that I thought would be more difficult than New England and the Giants. We've seen those struggles over the past two weeks. So uh, you definitely can't overlook this team. I mean, this is pretty much as, as close as you get to a must-win game this early in the season. Yeah, I mean, j- just looking ahead at the schedule here, what do you have on, on the other side of Tampa Bay after you have that little bit of a longer week? Oh, no big deal. You're just going down to Cincinnati. I don't know that there'll be any emotional uh, baggage uh, being brought into uh, Cincinnati when they have to take on the Bengals. Yeah, and listen, the Bengals are you know suddenly starting to play a little bit better. Uh, Joe Burrow's calf injury looks like it's kind of healing itself. Uh, over time, he really struggled early on. That's a, an emotional game for all the reasons you mentioned, everything with DeMar Hamlin, obviously. But uh, again, you know, this was supposed to be a soft part of their schedule. Then you get the Bengals. Then you get the Broncos. That was supposed to be a winnable game. The Jets looks like a tough one because of the way they played in that first matchup. The way the Jets defense just in general has really stymied this Bills offense the past few years. And then, oh, by the way, you have the Eagles, you have the Chiefs still, uh, Cowboys. It doesn't get any easier uh, as this season goes on. So it feels like the Bills have wasted a few opportunities already. So, Ryan, uh, next shout podcast. When does that drop everything uh, kind of short week here? Uh, it has to get condensed. Yeah, haven't uh, officially put it in the, the books yet with Matt, but I'm assuming our preview show will be tomorrow night instead of Wednesday. Give it some more shelf life out there. Uh, but we'll have one, at least one. We'll probably combine it because we usually uh, get a few shows in before a game. So probably one long episode this week before this Thursday night matchup. Keep up the fantastic work, Ryan. Really appreciate you making some time for us here in the sports bar. Hey, thanks, guys. Ryan thanks, Talbot, man. NewYorkUpstate.com, joining us with his thoughts from the uh, Bills' loss yesterday in Foxborough to the Patriots. Yeah, the schedule doesn't get uh, any easier when you get past uh Tampa here on Thursday. It, it's a Sunday night game in Cincinnati. You still have the Eagles. You still have the Chiefs. You still have the Cowboys. I mean, th- this this could be a 10-win team. I think the question is, would you sign up for that? Would right? you sign up for for the Bills being a... T- t- I, I think that that's... I've always believed that that's what they were going to be, and I think that that's what they will be. I think it will come down to that, that Week 18 matchup against Miami. Well... If anything, like when you put Miami against a quality opponent, they can roll the bad teams. Last night, they weren't ready for that. No. So this division's still very much in play. I love how you're getting feedback on the Aaron Rodgers take, too. Like, he'll, he's going to show up because the Achilles really wasn't torn. Yeah, I know. It was, uh, well, it's, it's Nikki signs. It, yeah. You know, one of the guys in my neighborhood who's, you know, he knows a little bit about physical therapy and rehab. And uh, yeah, the Achilles surgeon. Uh, that did the Rogers surgery is the greatest Achilles surgeon in the in America. He he worked on Cam Akers, Achilles. He worked on Kobe. Rest in peace. This uh, assistant device accelerates the healing process. It's according to you know one of my neighborhood goombas. Okay, but that's out of the NFL. I just we just read that on the air. Like the, like the point is that. This is Doctor Aaron Rodgers telling you what happened. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Have have the other doctor give, give me another source on this, please. Yeah, I, I just think it's crazy. If he does come back before the end of the season, all I could think to myself is, "Hey, he didn't really tear his Achilles." He, you should welcome that. Mm-hmm. You should welcome that because you'd be reinventing science if he came back. This yes, week. yes. What a treat he has given us. <laughs> Fame whore. We'll uh, we'll get to happy hour next in the sports bar. Yeah, we uh, th- we have lots of time for your calls here in happy hour. We're glad we're here for you. You want to like point the finger at somebody? I'm kind of thinking, how do we figure out a way out here? Because uh, you don't have time here uh, to be messing around. You've got a team that uh, is thinking playoffs themselves in Tampa Bay coming in Thursday night. Our phone number, 866-4FAN, 866-4326. Yes, it is a blame assessment Monday. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman Line. Gino gave the number, 866-4FAN, award-winning barbecue. From Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub, the new location, 135 135- 
West Commercial Street in East Rochester, goodsmokebbq.com. Stand by for happy hour in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It is Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. That way, you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props best of all you'll get paid your winnings instantly so don't miss your chance to get two hundred dollars in bonus bets plus three months of nba league pass just visit fanduel.com slash mike and tip off the nba season right fanduel official partner of the nba 21 plus and physically present in new york new customer offer first online real money wager only refund issued is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days all customer offer five dollar nba NBA wager required. Limit one pass per customer across both offers. Restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See full terms for both offers at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call one 878 hope ny or text hope ny 467 NBA League Pass. Local blackout restrictions apply. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.